Hey everybody, welcome to another fun episode of Soju Chronicles. I am Nat. And I'm Nikki. And we are here to bring you everything, well not everything, but as much as we can in <laughs> drama land, uh, mangas, anime land, and book land. So let's start with what are you drinking? So today, you know we were supposed to be drinking the On The Rocks cocktail together. I, keep, I think I'm going to keep saying that until we get a sponsorship. I'm going to tag them every time I drink it. I'm going to tag them every time I drink it. Um, yes. But I'm not drinking it today. Today, we're drinking the Copper Can Moscow Mule. It's craft vodka, ginger beer, and lime juice. It's gluten-free. Um, it's 10% alcohol. It says it's three shots per can. And it says, bring in the quality to the can since 2016. Six times is still house-made, fresh squeeze, vodka, ginger beer, lime juice, the copper can. So it's pretty good, actually. Mm, I'm a sexy. really big fan of Moscow Mules, and this is a pretty good Moscow Mule. What are you okay. drinking? I am drinking something very, very basic. I'm drinking a... It's by Blythe Brewing Co. Cowbell. It's the rosé cider, and it's aged on hibiscus. Ooh. Ew. I mean, it's nothing. It's really like 5%. Uh, and it's apparently made. So you have to drink 100. like three of those to get up on my level. Of course. And then it's made with 100% Ontario apples. Very important, you know. I know. You're, ver- you're very much Canadian. In Ontario, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it says cowboy. Sorry, cowboy. I keep saying want to say cowboy. So cowbell rose cider shows off bright and fruity aromas with a tart, dry start on the palate. Its delicious body is refreshing, offering subtle fruit and floral notes with brilliant apple character from start to quenching finish. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's all right. I I thought it was gonna be less. I don't know why I didn't. I thought it was gonna be less tart, but it's definitely very tart. Mm. Um. It's not really a bad thing, but, you know, sometimes you just don't really want really tarty things. Yeah. So last weekend, I did this, like, wine and chocolate, like, tasting train ride with my friend. It was really, really nice. Um, And it was one of the local wineries that we had here. And they had a summer red. And the summer red was so good, I had to buy a bottle. I was like, wait, this is actually really good. And, like, I'm not, like, a very sweet wine person. So that's why we went to a – because we went to a winery the next day. And all their – I don't know if it's just, like, it's because it's, it's, they, they're still having up the, – at that point, they had still had their summer wines, maybe. Um, maybe. But it was just – so all of them were so sweet. And I was like, mm, no. But my friend, she loved it, obviously, because she's a sweet <laughs> – she's a sweet wine person. I was like, I've heard so much hype about this winery and I was like "Mm, this is not hidden (laughs) but the wine and chocolate um tasting was really nice and we got to make our own chocolate I made one I made one with um jalapeno sea salt it was really good it was really really good it was like salty and sweet and spicy Mm, just the way I like them (laughs) anyways so our first topic mangas and animes but yes, let's get on to mangas and anime. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll go first. Um, 
So I finished Seven Deadly Sins. Why do you always part. go first? Why can I never go first? Okay, go first. Go first. No, it's okay. I'm happy to go. No, it's okay. No, no, you go first. You go first. You go first. No, Age Before Beauty. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but really, though, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, yes, I did watch part two of Seven Deadly Sins, the anime. Very, very sad to see it finish. Mm. But, you know, there's not much you can do. All good things come to an end, you know. And so it was part two of season five. And basically, like, a lot happened, but a lot didn't, you know, as they go. Uh, so basically... Meliodas and crew are fighting the Demon King and they are trying to defeat him so that they can remove the curse on Meliodas and um, what's his bitch's name? (laughs) 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 Oh, wait, what is this one's name again? Um, (laughs) I actually have absolutely forgotten her name, uh, which should tell you as much about what's going on. Elizabeth, yes. I mean, she had a really basic name, though. It's not mine. But anyway, so Elizabeth uh, has come into her goddess form and Meliodas is trying to defeat his dad and the demon king is just like, ha ha, I only had kids so I could take over your bodies. I don't give a fuck about any of you kids. And I was just like, I, I was watching it like that actually does suck. Like this man raised these kids so he literally could just take over their bodies once his body aged, you know, after thousands and thousands of years. But anyway, so they fought him, they won. And then he took over uh, Meliodas' brother and and they had True Love save that day or something like that. I mean, True Love, the, the last half of season five is very romantic in ways that I did not need it to be romantic. Like literally every, every single character, almost every single character, not every character, but almost every single character had a love interest that they were fighting for, okay? And we had marriages, we got pregnancies, uh, Merlin finally revealed that she was really there to like bring about chaos or something like that. And that was like the one battle I didn't understand. I'll be very honest with you. Like Arthur is the reborn champion of chaos. And, but then there was this big cat that was trying to eat him. And, and yeah, it was very complicated for no reason. So then at the end, Diane and King, King now looks like a grown up, but he doesn't choose to all the time. Like he grew into his adult form, but he still chooses to look like a five-year-old. I don't understand it, but that happened. So they're together, they're getting married. Apparently they have sex either, when they have sex, he either gets really big or she gets really small. <laughs> Why do I feel like you mention this every time? Every time we record and we talk about seven deadly things, you have to mention this. You're like, they either have sex by, <laughs> I can't because it's just so strange to me like how do you choose to live your life this way where literally you can only be together with magic like you can't even cuddle else without magic and i'm not talking about the times when he's injured and she puts him between her her chest um because that's not real cuddling guys like that's just not it mm-hmm. another thing the mangaka for this is super obsessed with big breast like 
everybody, all the women for the most part have humongous breasts. And then on top of that, the ones who are like that all look like grown ass women and their love interests look like children. It was very strange. Like it was one of those things where like, I literally, when I started watching the show, I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> but I loved Meliodas and Van's relationship so much that it sort of, and I like, I love the world building as well too, right? And like the whole crew, like the seven of them working together and discover and finding each other. Cause that was like, the beginning was like this journey to find all the seven deadly sins. And I really love, and I love the secondary characters. So I was like, Ugh, I guess I'll continue. But like, I was watching the last season, seeing Zeldris and seeing Meliodas, seeing Van and seeing um, King and all these relationships, even Arthur and Merlin, like Arthur looks like a child. Merlin looks like a stripper. I don't understand it, but this is how these things work the only time i was really like enthralled with it was i would say when um um what's his name the uh, the the fire guy hold on let me pull up these characters because clearly i'm not remembering people uh <laughs> why do we have brains not gother eskinor i love gother but eskinor eskinor basically like so his, his whole power is that he's really weak at night, but as soon as, like, the sun rises up until noon, he gets really, he's, like, undefeatable. But his body basically stole a grace, like, he was born with a grace from a god, from not a god, from an angel, right? So basically, like, once the angels came back and sort of reclaimed it, he went to back to being a normal person, but he still was like, I'm a seven deadly sin, so I'm in a fight. And then he was like, but he was dying because the grace literally was burning through his body. So with and without it, his his body was rapidly deteriorating so basically he just he spoke to this angel i think uh, muriel or something like that and he was just like i want um you know i want this grace one more time so i can fight you know as eskinor one more time and so his last he literally like used his whole every single part of his being to fight this last battle and it was really sad because like everybody kind of by the end of it knew he was gonna die and that was like the only time i was like oh no this is so bad but like <laughs> other than that i don't know i just felt like the magic from the beginning was lost by that point mm. mostly because i just i think it's one of those rare occasions where romance does ruin things because oh. it didn't like everybody like and you know i love me some romance exactly but i just it was so to hear you say it is like ah. Uh. But also, too, I think it's because of the whole, like, age difference. Like, even though the, their physical ages were, like, were not that different, the the look, <laughs> the aesthetic of it was so off-putting. Like, it was actually really gross after a while. And especially when I was watching Zeldris and his vampire lady, because she also looked like a grown-ass woman, like a stripper lady. And he looked like he was maybe eight. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> this is clearly something that you're into. Like, this is this is something that you like. Like, you like seeing, you know, like, either infantilized men or boys or girls with, like, grown people for whatever reason. And everybody has big boobs. It was very strange. Um, I don't know. As I said, like, I think if I rewatch it, I'll probably just rewatch the first two seasons because I think those were the best. Mm -hmm. And everything else after that was just, like, Elizabeth and, and Meliodas and their tragic life because she is reincarnated and he can't die and it's so sad i just like no one cares <laughs> and there's there's honestly not enough bon and meliodas too at the end like there's so much in the beginning but by the end because they had their ladies it just sort of 
there wasn't much. Like part one of season five was very bad and Meliodas heavy, which is why I really enjoyed it. But this part was like, there's barely anything there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there was nothing there for me. I would give ugh, Seven Deadly Sins, I would give it out of 10 because it is a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give it a seven because I really, while I really enjoyed the first couple, two seasons and part one of season five, everything else was not very interesting um, in terms of so wait, how much story. Seven. Okay. I think I'm going to give it a seven. Ha, like I'm going to give seven deadly sins a seven. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So I, I, <sighs> Maybe I'll go back and rewatch and I'll love it. But like right now I'm just disappointed. And, but I did hear like, I, because I did put out a question about the sex thing. Somebody actually got bad to me with serious answers. Okay. And they did talk about the spinoff. So I might actually check the spinoff and see how that goes. If it's in manga form, it's not animated yet. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, so that was it for anime. I don't think you watched anything. I right? did not. I never do. I am useless. <laughs> <laughs> You're too busy reading bad books. But anyway. Oh my god! Stop it. It's, it's not like I intentionally set out to read bad books. They just end up being bad. Okay. Okay. But anyways, we did read mangas. So we did not read uh, Princess Jellyfish. No. But we did find other things that we were Well, really I'm into. like upset at you because I said I was going to read um, I Love You With Say I Love You With You. And you just didn't even tell me that you were reading it until oh, last night. No. You forgot. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot. Whatever. I'm it's sorry. Whatever. And, and then when I got into it, I loved it so much. I was just like, oh, my God. You have to read it, though. Like, catch up. Mm, but anyway, I'm so. I'm going to now that you're going to talk about it. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to give you any spoilers. I'm just going to say, say say I Love You is a manga. Uh, it is about the plot. Well, the plot is quite an uh, unassuming May Tachibani has spent her high school years without making friends or getting a boyfriend. A, chi- a childhood incident in which her friends turned out to be toxic and shallow left her scared of disappointment leading her to be cautious around people. Too cautious. She encounters a popular boy named Yamamoto Kurosawa, who becomes interested in her, and it is through their tentative friendship and blossoming relationship that May, or Mai, sorry, ultimately begins to branch out and befriend others. So I'm on volume four, and I love it. Like, I'm it bad. is so good like it's complicated everybody is a complicated character everybody like nobody is like all good all bad but it's not like that forced way you know where they have like actual villains who just turned out like their parents didn't love them or some shit like that <laughs> like, these are these are like complicated characters not right? the shade. <laughs> but like like all these people just really want to be loved and they look for it in so many different ways the only thing i would say is that a lot of what happens with these characters and story-wise i feel like it shouldn't be high school students i feel like they should be either uni college students or they should be people who work together i feel like Like, that would make more sense i feel like like i don't know what it is with these like japanese like shows and mangas and stuff where they just don't they just vehemently refuse to age up their people like you know you can make these people be college people like you know what i'm saying like yeah no and it would make more sense because there's like a lot of like sex and stuff in here like more than i know happens around like actual japanese teenagers i feel like this i feel like this is like um what's it called all over again 
I forgot that horrible one that we read. You know that one that we tried to read together that I dipped out on you? Oh, um, Fushigi. Yeah, Fushigi Yu Gi Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not you saying Fushigi Yu Gi Oh! <laughs> Girl! But yeah, I like it because, um, and honestly, like, too, the, the mangaka, Kane Hazuki, mm-hmm. like, she has, or they, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but they have these, like, forwards, like, little, like, notes at the end, and they're always so heartwarming and just like very thoughtful and like i like that it touches on like you know abandonment it touches on you know fear it touches on um you know like image obviously but like what it means to be loved it touches a lot on bullying as well too and like from the forward i could tell like the mangaka she talks about how she was bullied and that's how some like you know, one of the reasons that she started writing this and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I, I don't want to go into it because I think you should oh, You should read it. I think you would really like it. Uh, but I will say that I'm enjoying it so much. And, like, the characters, they're so cute together. And I really like the, the manga style, like, the artwork. I really, really enjoy it. And I just like how you find out, like, so much about these characters. And a lot of it's really relatable, even with the age gap, but also, like, their ages should be older. So that's probably <laughs> But, yeah. Um, I think, I think it's, Matt's like, like really... Yes, I'm relating to people 20 years younger than me, but it's because they should be older. <laughs> yes. But I think that, honestly, like... And, no, there's no age for you to understand, um, like, Mai's fear of, like, getting close to people because she doesn't want to be disappointed mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to like and um like um Ike's you know she was overweight and obese and you know the way that she lost all this weight just to feel better about herself and it made her feel worse about herself and you know about Yamamoto who like everybody loves him but he like feels like the the worst person in the world because he had like there's somebody who's being bullied and he never stood up for him you know and like so like all these characters like like what you see of them is definitely not what you get from them. Mm-hmm. And I like that Mai is like navigating this world and and like her, like for her, it's like one step forward is two steps back, but it's very understandable. It's not like contrived where like she makes this gain and then she forgets that she makes this gain and she makes the same fucking mistake just so you can move the plot. A lot of it is like, it makes sense. Like she is literally learning to become social she's learning to have friends and what it means to be a friend and to have friends yeah and to be in love and all this kind of stuff like all of this stuff is for her the first time and so obviously she's going to be insecure but she's like she has this like this this bravery about her where she literally is just like pushing like sometimes she pushes through and it and it makes her like take a couple steps back but then she makes a breakthrough and i think that what i like too about yama yama sorry it's not yamamoto it's it's yamaru um what i like about yamamoto is that he is just like he's not you know some of these male leads they're just super cool for no reason and usually like their their pain is about abandonment or like they love somebody very long ago who didn't love them back and left this 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 hole in their heart but it's not even like that like he's just you know learning along with her and I think he he has to be there to push her sometimes because she's not gonna do things on her own all the time but he never really forces her to do anything he's like really happy and he really loves her and he's really happy that you know like when she kissed him for the first time he was just like 
over the moon. Like this man is a total simp. Okay. Like he is like, he's like, one time he's, he's like, my, I like it that you're making friends, but remember that I'm number one. <laughs> I was just like, bruh, <laughs> like you need to like, I get it, but bruh, <laughs> but I, I'm really, really, really enjoying it. And I think that you would also enjoy it. Cause I think that there is definitely lo- some, some life lessons to learn in this story. So well, say, I love, you. I mean, I do think I will, would really enjoy it because I enjoy sweat and soap so much. And it's kind of <laughs> similar. Like, obviously it's not like similar, but like the dynamic between the leads is pretty much kind of similar, right? Where she's so you, um, Asako was, is so used to like not being like she doesn't know what it's like to have a boyfriend she's used mm-hmm. to being ostracized and stuff like that so for volume two which is what I read um oh my god I love I just want to marry this I'm like I love it I was grinning smiling the entire time so basically in volume two what happens is that we get like volume one had ended with her meeting um Kariso, who also who works with Kotaru and she like when she was talking with Caruso she was like basically like kind of like saying different like weird like not like weird things but like different things where Caruso started getting like suspicious because like it's very clear that Caruso is like in love with him as well so she's like do you know him and she was like no I don't know him I've never met this man before in my life I have no idea who he is I just think he's like famous in the company or something don't know this dude but then she's like thinking to herself hmm why is this girl asking me if I know him like why why is she trying to I don't like how this is making me feel like she's trying to swoop in (laughs) on my man so then she basically when she goes to see him later she kind of is the one who like initiates the sex with him and like she like asks him out and like is trying to be more bolder and more expressive with him and then he's like eating it up. He's like, I don't understand what's going on, but I'm gonna roll with it. I like. So he was like, he was like, what? This is amazing. And they go on like this little company trip where, um, it's like she's like, oh, she she's trying to avoid him because like honestly, if he, whenever she decides that she wants to tell people, he's gonna like he's he's just living with whatever she wants basically. Like, if she says, okay, it's time to tell people, they're going to tell people. So it was actually really cute. So they, like, she's never gone on, like, the company trips, I guess. So they had, like, this, like, tournament where each department was playing against each other. And apparently he's really bad at games. Like, horrible. Like, no matter (laughs) what the game is, he's just, like, disgustingly bad at it. And so then when... It just so happens that her department was playing his department. And so he was trying to, like, be suave. But, like, he was really bad because he's a klutz. And so then she's, like, smiling because she finds it so cute and endearing. And then he was like, okay, she doesn't think I'm goofy and a nerd and not hot anymore. (laughs) And then, like, um, what's her name? Caruso. She tried to, like, set them up. Be like, oh, this is um Kataru do you know him and she was like oh nice to meet you Kataru for the very first time ever we've never met each other before <laughs> so then, <laughs> so then this, wow I've never <laughs> seen your face before we work for the same company wow <laughs> basically so then she's like thinking to herself and she's like you know like if that was really our first meeting like would the sparks have flown like it did when we had met otherwise right and so then 
um, she was just like, I know I kind of miss him. So she like texted him and was like, oh, can you come meet me? And so he met her like around the, this man, like the bar was all the way on the other side of the building. And this man sprinted, gets to her, is literally like breathing heavy. She's like, are you okay? And then they sit and they talk. And he was like, basically, you know, just like talking to her and saying how like he was really bad at sports and he never liked playing it because like everyone used to make fun of him because he would like, he's more of like a, um, he liked to do like gardening with his mom. So he was more Aww. along that side. And that's how he developed his, such his heightened sense of smell. And she was like, she was also bad at sports, but that's because no one wanted to play with her because she smelled or whatever, right? And mm-hmm. so then they were, like, bonding over that. And then, like, you know, he was drinking, so he, like, passed out. And she's just like, shit, how the hell am I going to get him back to, like, his room, right? Without people knowing. Yeah. And so then her boss, like, stumbled upon it. And then he was like, it's okay. I'll keep the secret or whatever. So, but I don't know if the, is the like, I don't know if the boss actually knows that they're dating or not. Like, I feel like yeah. he does, but I don't know if he does. And then, like, so after that happens, she goes to visit her. Well, actually, he gets sick. And so then she goes over to him and is, like, taking care of him. And then Aww. he's like... I can't smell. This is horrible. I don't want to be sick. I don't know what she smells like. She looks like there's, it looks like there's something wrong. There was nothing wrong with her, but he was like, she looks like she's upset. I can't smell her. I don't know what's wrong with her. Freaking out. And she was like, I just want you to be better. Like, that's just the thing I'm worried about. So when she goes home, her mom was like, you look different. You dating someone? (laughs) She's like, no mom, geez. And then later she does tell her mom that she's dating someone. And so then her little brother is like, you look different. What's happening with you? Blah, blah, blah. He was very, like, overprotective of her. But it wasn't in, like, that, like, creepy, like, no Rather one date my sister. Yeah. <laughs> it was not. In this stuff? No. So <laughs> she eventually does tell him that she's dating someone. And he worked, like, he cooks. So, um she like decided to go to his restaurant. So but before she told him that she was dating someone, he was like, oh yeah, what, what's he like? Send me his pictures. And then he looks at him and he's like, this man is way too good looking. He's playing her. And, I don't, I don't, <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, this, this decides he's going to do this elaborate plan to test him. <laughs> it's actually, it was actually really funny. Cause like when they met, he extends out his left hand to him for him to shake. And so then Kataru is like, oh my God left end that means hostility wait maybe he's left-handed what's happening and then he like takes them to like a table that he can see directly from the kitchen he's like (laughs) must be able to read their lips and he hands them like the menu he hands her like the italian japanese menu hands him a full italian menu Okay, he doesn't understand a single thing on the menu. And then he's like, she's like, wait, my menu has Japanese. Doesn't yours? And then she's like, why does his menu not have Japanese? <laughs> and he was like, oh, my no bad. Food for him. He was like, oh, no my food bad. It was an accident. Yeah. He was like, you know what? I'm going to make my own special meal. And he made like a special dish for them. And then, you know, because um, Kataru is like so gifted with his nose. So he was like, you know, this food smells like comfort. Like I can tell that you really took your time to make the dish and blah, blah, blah. So he's like, is this dude trying to play me? What's he trying to do? It's like, he was like, wow, I see why my sister fought, fell for him. He almost got me with that one too. <laughs> and then like, um, there's this one scene, I guess, where she basically, she's like, even though she was getting full, she wanted to like eat the bread. Cause I think they were supposed to like eat the bread last. Right. 
for the oh. meal. And so, but she didn't want to like eat hers. So she asked um, Kataru for it. And so, yeah, so she ends up going to the bathroom. And like, while she's away at the bathroom, he like asks Kataru, he's like, oh, does she ask you for things? Like, does she like ask you anytime? Like she wants to do something. And he was like, yeah, she does. She's like really good about asking me for stuff. And then he was like, I've known her all my life and she's never the one, the person to ever ask for anything. Like she's always putting other people first. So I guess you might be a good influence on her. But yeah, he was like, he was like, you might be a good influence on her, but I still got my eye on you. (laughs) I got my eye on you. So yeah, so that's basically how like that, like that volume two ends is, is with like, and then they were talking and she was like, um, I've never introduced my parents to anyone before. And then he was like, yeah, I've never been introduced either. Like to anyone, like, you know, his fam, like none of his like girlfriends or anything has ever introduced me. And she was like, what? And then he was like, oh no, this is not the topic that we want to talk about right now. Cause you know, they were, they were getting cuddly on the couch. <laughs> and he was like, this is not the topic that we should be talking about right now. And, but um, she was like, maybe, so she was like thinking to herself and she was like, you know, maybe I am changing and maybe it's for the better. Cause like now she wants to dress nicer and she wants to like, be happier and be more confident in herself and she's happy that he's around her to give her that and then he's just like anything you need I'm here and then like you know they did a little bonus scene so one of the bonus scenes is after he gets like after he got sick and he came back and (laughs) he was like can we go over to my house and just hang out and then she's like basically like telling him oh we're not having sex and then he was like no 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 no. like I really just want to just hang out right is what he's saying so he goes and she's like why she's like he was like for three days I my sense of smell was gone and I couldn't smell you and now I want to smell you I just want to hold you in my arms and smell you so then he brings her there like in the apartment and he's like holding her and smelling her and then he's like oh she smells so good Hmm. Hmm. I told her I didn't want to do anything else, but I kind of (laughs) want (laughs) to. So then he was like, I kind of want to do something else. And then she's like, I kind of do too. (laughs) So then that's how like the bonus scene ends. There's also like this really cute scene in the thing where um, he was like, you don't like, you don't call me by my first name. She calls him by his last name, which is like, um, forget. It's like, no, 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 no whatever she calls him by his last name right so she calls him oh whatever his last name is son so she was like oh you call your brother by your first name and I understand that it's your brother and like you guys have a closeness but like I'm your boyfriend so like if you could could you like call me like work on calling me by my first name even if it's just when it's just the two of us together and then he was just like basically like oh you know you you're always like oh, I don't want to mess up his name because I can't remember it but basically she's like oh you're always like Nana Sen don't stop that ascent right there and that said oh yes and she was like what are you thinking about in this restaurant right now sir <laughs> but yeah it's very cute I love it I just I love it I'm trying to savor it because you know it's 11 volumes and I think they only have up to nine translated so I, I believe mm-hmm. if I looked I looked on Amazon and I saw that 
it was like I think the eleventh volume is due for translation or due for like publication in English in December. So it's like oh, so far away. So yeah, so you know I'm loving it and. To celebrate me loving a good, wholesome, fun vibe. So I decided to treat us to a porn wall. It was a very short porn wall. It was only like 34 chapters. And it was called Hardcore Vanilla. (laughs) (laughs) Two things that should not like be a title, but okay. (laughs) So the summary, tie me up and punish me. I want to be your dog. Chen He is a major crush on Inju, the campus goddess. Tired of waiting around, he decides to join her in her secret fetishes, stepping foot into the wild, wild world of BDSM. What Chen He doesn't realize, however, is that Unjin is a vanilla, just like him, and that the two of them have just embarked on a journey that neither of them had ever asked for. Kinks and crushes and a whole lot of drama in between. <laughs> so basically... <laughs> We have Chen He, who's a freshman at this, like, college, and he's, like, in love with this girl, Unju. She's a sophomore. He, like, literally fell in love with her when he was a senior and, like, went to visit the college. And from that moment, he's been in love with her. And then one day, he goes and is, like, slipping chocolate to her because it was, like, Valentine's Day or whatever, right? And he goes to sip chocolate to her, and then when he puts it in her bag, he sees, like, whips and chains and all kinds of crap, right? <laughs> so he's like he's like holy shit what i do like she seems to be into bdsm like oh my god what am i gonna do and so then his roommate was like you know if you really like her you'll just put up with whatever for her and then he was like you know i do really like her so i'm gonna i'm gonna do it so he goes to her and he's like yo i like you and like would you be my bdsm like teacher or whatever and then she's like in her mind, she's like, what the fuck is this man talking about? Like, I am not a dom. What is going on? And she was like, you know what? He's kind of cute, though. Okay. So she goes to her friend. So she goes to her friend, Hoonjae. And he's, like, an actual, like, he's a part of the lifestyle. And he's like, he's like, you're not a dom, though. And she was like, yeah, but he doesn't know that. And, like, I kind of like him. And then he was like, but why? <laughs> so then he basically helps her pretend to be a... um dom and then it's just like it's just so ridiculous because it's like both of them don't want to do any bdsm type stuff but then once they start doing it they kind of like it but then they're also like i don't does this person like me for me or do they like me because i'm indulging in their fetishes except neither of them actually have these fetishes <laughs> so so then and then Hanje, he's like seeing this girl jiwoo and then Jiwoo, like, is kind of the one. So it was. It turns out it was Jiwoo's bag that he had seen, right? So it was Jiwoo's bag that had all that um, BDSM stuff in it. And so Jiwoo's like, oh, let me break in Chen He. And then Chen He's like, no, only Inju is for me, no one else. And then so she got a little bit upset because Hanje also likes Jiwoo. It's like a whole thing. It's like a whole, like... Not really like a square, but like this whole thing. But it was kind of cute because it was just like stupid how like the two of them were trying to do like, you know. Trying to do what they thought each other wanted. Wanted, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so then eventually it came to a climax. Literally. Just kidding. But it came to like a a (laughs) climax where um, 
she kind of like she ran into her ex and she like remembered how much she had changed to accommodate him and he was such an asshole to her and so then she like tells you know she tells chan he i don't want to do bdsm and then he was like i don't want to do bdsm and they're like so why were we doing it <laughs> and so then they eventually like started dating but whilst dating they were like oh you know everything's so lovely and we're cute but like i also kind of want to punish him and then she, he's like i kind of want to get spanked so then they like kind of a little bit like tiptoe into it again but not really and then that's and then it, when it ends they're like and that's why we've decided that we're hardcore vanilla because <laughs> they're like they're like we're not, they're like we're not into like you know the tie up and the strangle we're not we're not all the way in BDSM like you guys. And this is like, that's them talking to Jiwoo and Hanjay. They're like, we're not all the way into that stuff. But we like to do it every now and then to spice it up. So we're hardcore vanilla. <laughs> so it was cute. It was definitely like one of those webtoons that was written for a woman. You know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah. written woman audience, not for men. Because there was no rape or none of that sketchy NTR type shit happening. Okay. So, well, that's good. good. I'm, I'm happy. I like uh, it when things are written for women because I feel like they're just better written in general. Yeah. And since this is a webtoon, which kind of counts as a manga, so I would give it a uh, 4 out of 5. Actually, 3.75 out of 5. Okay. So, that is yeah. cool. <laughs> Okay, dramas! Woo! Woohoo! So I will go first because um, you have totally ruined dramas for me this week. Uh, so I watched four episodes of Hometown Cha Cha Cha, but I can only talk about episode one. Because <laughs> somebody, I'm not going to say who, uh, did not watch much more of that and doesn't want to be spoiled. Okay, but in my defense, yeah, well, I did I tell you that I wanted to watch it. So it's not my fault that I have a job that I have to do. Okay. Not all of us can just have hometown cha 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 playing in the background, okay? Oh, is that how why you read like uh, nine uh, books? Uh, 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 and- uh, 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 don't talk <laughs> don't talk about what I do in my free time. <laughs> how I met your mother? You know, what it is is how I met your mother plays in the background while I pull up a book, okay? Mm, okay, okay. Whatever. So, anyways, the synopsis for Hometown Cha 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 is Yoon Heejin, an intelligent and pre dentist living in the big city, loses her job after she righteously accuses the clinic's head doctor of overdoing patients' treatments for profit. Happens everywhere, girl. Happens in Canada. Happens mm-hmm. in the U.S. These dentists will fleece you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some real good dentists out there, but I mean, I've literally had to be like, so why is this so expensive? And Mine had to is bring really it all good. the way down. Yeah. So just throwing he it out there. He talks a lot, though. Like a yeah. lot. So to continue with the synopsis, she embarks on a trip to the idyllic seaside village of Gongjin, where she meets jack of all trades, Hong Dushik. 
Dushik is held in high esteem in the village because he takes care of the elders and does not shy away from odd jobs. By chance, the path of the two people cross several times and they take a liking to each other, while Dushik constantly helps Heijin out of trouble. So, I mean, it's a slice of life drama. And yeah. I really do like the people there. Our favorite Almany, is it Almany or Almany? I don't remember. Um, but she is in this, you know, our coffee prince one. Um, <laughs> she does look quite old, though. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, she's been paying a grandmother for like 15 years. <laughs> for as as I mean, <laughs> that is, I've seen her in exactly. dramas. She's been a she's grandma. Been, exactly. So, obviously, it's she's always going to be like that elderly character but she looks pretty pretty elderly in this i'm very sad when i watch it but not sad like like terrified and like that just because like the difference watching coffee prince with you guys and then watching hometown cha 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 i'm just like oh pe- time has passed it's kind of she like was also life, in good game oh she's yeah. everywhere right i love her uh, but anyway i'm gonna be very so. sad and when you want to watch her private life she's also in her private life in case you want to know is she oh my goodness okay so i feel like i have been on fire with the pics like since our last recording because say i love you amazing seven deadly sins whatever but i mean the nostalgia enough is good and then i started her private life which had our favorite mother in it <laughs> uh and and now you're telling me our favorite grandmother is also in it? Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So anyways, Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha is basically like the first episode is just about, mostly about Heijin and, you know, it being in this practice and trying to do right by her patient, her elderly patient, because her, her the head of this, this dentistry clinic is like, nope, I'm going to charge you as much as I can <laughs> and make as much money as I can. And she's like, she understands knowing the patient that like they can't afford that you know and it's you know this hard working it's their hard working daughter's money that she's spending and she doesn't want to spend too much because parents are like that so i get it and so she basically she quits her job and she you know is all like i'm gonna do the right thing and she's like i'm gonna find another job i'm a great dentist i have all these clients everybody loves me but then she gets drunk and she shit talks about her dentist like her boss basically and that shuts her out of soul so then she by chance she well not by chance she goes to gongjin because she had a really good memory there with her parents before her mother passed away and so she goes back there because you know she's at the end of her rope and she she needs she needs the comfort and by by chance she meets Du Sheik and she meets people in this town and she learns they have a high elderly population and uh, that they do need dental like they need a clinic that's closer to home because the closest one is like 30 minutes away. So then she decides she's gonna open a clinic in this this seaside town. And I really like it. I think it's it's really comforting. I like that like it's really funny because it makes me think that Korea cares about its elderly people, but then I like actually watch docuseries about how Korea treats the elderly. And like, basically like when you hit like 50, they, they fire you from your jobs and you have to like find your way because they don't like old people working. Uh, so it's kind of weird, like seeing like people talk about it and then watching this drama and everyone's like, old people, we love old people. They're fantastic. Let's take care of all the old people. We love them. And it's like, mm, I don't know. But anyways, uh, I like it. It's cute. Uh, Nikki's back. Yeah, I only watched one episode and it's kind of cute. 
Um, and Nikki's mad because so, everybody probably. loves Sunho. And <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just, I don't know. I just don't like to share things. I'm very possessive, okay? I'm very possessive. Yeah. Is it the it's okay, though. Know? I do. Well, with with Sunho, I'm not that upset. But Gongyu, oh my, that shit pissing me off. Like, that shit is pissing me off. Like, I'm getting really upset about Gongyu because I just don't, <laughs> like, 11 years I've had this man and I've stand by him and I've been there for him. And these little bum ass bitches see two seconds of him in Squid Game and now all the hit tweets talking about, oh, he's so fine. You you didn't you can go through his awkward years like I did. You don't know. You did not sit and listen to him play a part in big. Like you don't understand the struggle. You did not finish finish big like i did I yeah so big. okay guys <laughs> i don't what's your point what's your point actually on youtube i have like you know you have like your watch later kind of things literally my watch later are like clips like uh, they're workout videos but they're also clips of going you in like old shit like yeah <laughs> like pre coffee print stuff okay so like s diaries or s cut diaries right? they don't like that know. like <laughs> you don't know they what don't, we've been through they don't know him like i know him i know him y'all anyway but um yeah no i like it i think so i'm actually so no don't come for me people but i don't find shinman hot to be like a very good actress but she's she's doing okay in this because it doesn't require her to really act so so far, so good. Yeah, I would say my only complaint is that, like, she's supposed to be, like, the star of it. And, like, you're supposed to care about, like, her things that's, like, the things that she's going through. But I don't kind of care about her that much. Like, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I like ev- what everybody in the town is doing. I like that we're learning more about Dushik. I just feel like she's just, she could be any, any actress could be in that role right now. And oh yeah, any, that's why I'm like, and that's why I'm sailing it, and that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's because she's yeah. not the best actress. So for me, it's like she's fine to watch in this, right? She's pretty, they yeah. look pretty. So it's like okay, yeah. I'm not like bothered by it. But um, yeah. so is that it? Is that all? no? You watch her private yeah, yeah. life. I watched only one episode of her private life, and it mm-hmm. is so funny. Like it is the funniest show. Uh, so basically, the synopsis for this. I don't think it's that so- funny. Really? Okay, so Sungduk Lee uh, is a talented chief creator of Chum Museum of Art, where who also happens to have a secret. She's a fanatic fangirl of White Ocean's Cha Xian. In addition, she's also the fansite manager of the famous The Road to Xian, uh, the abbreviation of which she uses as her screen name. Ryan Gold is a standoffish artist who developed Stendhal syndrome, eventually retiring as an artist. After the current boss, Um So-hee, is investigated for embezzlement, Ryan Gold becomes the new art director of Chum Museum of Art. After unfounded rumors break out claiming Dukmi and Xian are dating, Ryan suggests he and Dukmi pretend to date to ward off Xian's fans who threaten to harm her. However, Kim Hyo-jin, Um So-hee's spoiled daughter, who, unknown to her mother, would strongly disapprove is another fansite manager of Cha Xian under the pseudonym Cindy manages to land a job as an intern in the museum seeking to prove Ryang and Jokmi are, are a fake couple leaving them no choice but to continue the act even at work eventually they fall in love okay you see all of that hasn't happened yet and I didn't read the synopsis either I just literally started watching it so yeah, <laughs> you, I mean I, so <laughs> I liked it for like 
I want to say up until midway. I don't know why, but I just stopped watching it at the midpoint. I think it just, I don't know, maybe because I like predicted it just became like kind of too pretty. I don't know what it was, but because I really, really liked it in the beginning because I was like, oh my God, I feel seen as like a old ass bitch being a fangirl. Yes, yes, yes. But then I don't know, something just happened with me with that show where I just didn't, it didn't like last, like the magic didn't last or something. I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, I only watched the and first like, episode. The first episode was really good. Like, it was so funny, like, seeing her go from, like, yeah. the curator job to, like, the fangirl supreme. And, like, her house, oh, my God. Like, her house is a shrine to Shein. Like, a shrine. She has friggin', like, real life-size cardboard cutouts of this man, mm-hmm. pillows, art. Like, when he threw that bottle, that bottle of water that he drank from and she put it in the cupboard, I was like, girl... Like, I mean, look, I love me some, you know, Big Bang, Got 7, all these things, but there is yeah. no way in hell. There's no way I could do what she is doing. And even, like, her best friend, who's a mom, okay? Like, and they when they got the hotel room, so basically, Shien stayed in this hotel in Korea. So they found out through their connections what room he was staying in. So they rented that room so that they could, like, be in the place that Shien was in. And I'm just like, girl, when she was trying to bid $29,000 on a painting for that man's birthday, I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. In my next life, I want to be an idol. Like, mm-hmm. I I just feel like that is the role for me, okay? Yeah. Um, but I like it so far. Like, I, I'm not really, like, obviously, I only watch. It's, like, a first glance. But I really like um Yeah, because, like, we did, yeah. we did the um we did the first impression. Because, like, you know, we watched yeah. it when it first came out. And, like I said, like, it was good enough that I was like, oh, my God, I was really into watching it for, like, the first, like, half of the episodes. And I also think that Nikki, I also think Nikki found boredom setting in as well. Um, okay. within the latter ass of the episode because I think it's just because like it just became so predictable and mm. just like not much like whereas like the first like four episodes or so were like interesting like after that it was just kind of just like okay of course this happens of course this happens like yeah you know what I'm saying like we need to listen okay Korea this is this is directed to you guys you know y'all can have couples not know each other in childhood, right? Like it's it's okay. Oh my it god! Is okay. Oh my god! That's what I was complaining about today with hometown cha 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 because there is, like they they like met they didn't officially meet to know each other's name and be like that whatever but they did meet in the past as children before her mother passed like he was living in Gongjin while she like with his grandparents because his his parents passed while she like was visiting with her sick mom and so like they both have like obviously these memories tied to that place um him with his grandparents her with her family her parents before her her mother passed and i'm just like why is this even necessary? Like, I just want to know that it's okay. Like, it, it's so, it's like when in TVD, when that bitch Julie Plex stole that baby scene from the move from the books where he had met <laughs> Bonnie beforehand and erased her memories and they gave it to Delena. Why? Why? Like, the whole point of Delena is that they don't have that other connection like Stefan and Elena do. They're supposed to be the choice couple because, like, Every like they're in the now and they choose. So why would you give us us a, a like a faded meeting sort of scene in the past? Like 
because Elena said, maybe if I had met you first, like, what the fuck? You met Stefan first. Like, that's who you remember. Like, what are you even talking? Like, I don't understand it. I don't really need it. I hate fade faded couples to be quite honest with you I am very much in the present in the choice and also too I like things like enemies to lovers and stuff like that and those are usually not faded (laughs) you know like relationships so it's just don't we don't need it guys I heard like in the last 15 minutes of Hotel de Luna they had like uh, the the leads have a like a flashback where they had met earlier too before the story started and it's like why what is that supposed to enrich how does that enrich the story like, let's be well, real. Well, that's a good segue into talking life. about my drama. <laughs> Wait, I just want to say, with, with her private life, I am enjoying it so far. What I like about it is... I mean, it's it only one episode. Like, you can't really say you're really enjoying it. You don't... It's just I one like, episode. I am. I thought it was really funny. And I would have continued if we didn't have to record, right? So I yeah. really like that it's funny. I love the insight to the... Like the fan site stuff. Like, that's what I, I enjoy. That's very far removed. I'm very far removed. Yeah, from that's that, what so I enjoyed I really when I initially like, watched it. Yeah, that's what I like looking at. And I think that the two of, I like the comedy parts. Like when she went to the hospital room and she was like imagining shooting her boss and she really just brought her a care package. I like stuff like that. So I hope that, I mean, by the sounds of it, it doesn't continue, but I'm hoping that it continues. You know what I mean? So, yes. I mean, honestly, I really don't yes. remember. That show came out in, what, 2019? I think, I think? so, yeah. Yes. So, I, I, I've watched so much shit between that. I just remember just not... I remember not finishing it because I got bored. That's just yeah. what I remember. Um, okay. Oh, well, for me, I mean, I actually, I watched, like, a shit ton of shit because, like, so many different shows premiered and I just, like, to dabble any in everything. But... I mean, I don't really have any thoughts on them. So we're going <laughs> to talk about um, Lovers of the Red Sky, which I'm still watching. And, you know, <laughs> I was saying this to one of my friends. I was like, I don't know if I'm just being picky because I like it. Or I'm just like, let me find something wrong with this show. <laughs> so it's like I unnecessarily complain about things that don't need to be complained about. Like, she's still doing that that annoying things where she takes, like, long pauses, and it pisses me <laughs> off so much. But um, basically, since the last episode, what happened was um, the guy, like, you remember how I told you, like, I gasped at the end of episode six? So actually, only two episodes have gone by since because um, it was Chosuk recently, so they didn't have any episodes i believe Mm -hmm. um so it was only so we're only up to episode eight and so basically when he when the prince um young mengdong or whatever his name is wait is that no the the prince j the j prince he's the evil one you know i will say that actor he is killing it that man looks so fucking creepy he just looks evil. Like, he just, and like, the way he, his eyes be looking, and he just, like, he gives me very much, like, I'm a villain. I'm mad at everyone. Fuck you guys. I hate everybody vibe. Like, very, very. So like Jafar. Yeah, very, very convincing evil man. So he, so when when her father, like, spashed him with the paint, um, she was like, I'll take the punishment. And then he was like, okay, then I'm going to cut your hands off. And then. <laughs> Oh, that's true. Right. <laughs> and then, like, um, Prince, uh, Prince, Prince, Prince Y, he came and tried to like prevent it. And then he was like, "Yo, Prince, you're a prince. Like, you must 
know your place. Like, don't be trying to, like, settle yourself for this girl. And so then Haram, he's the one who had to, like, kind of save by saying, you know, I, I'm the one who bought this painting from her for $300 if you cut off your hand. Like, it makes me feel like I'm useless. Mind you, this is $300 back in, like, before Christ. So, you know, <laughs> that's easily, like... 900 million dollars <laughs> like you know that's yes, money yeah and so yeah. he ends up like sparing her life so then she goes home and then basically the king is like we need to restore the painting because like we need to capture mawang because i'm dying because they, they did the typical cough into the handkerchief blood comes out like uh, so yes. fucking stupid okay <laughs> but, we understand you're dying okay right so then um <laughs> he basically has to convince his son prince um, why he's like he says to Prince Y that like you know convince her to come into the uh what's it called the palace painting bureau or some shit like that um and so he goes and he convinces her basically to come in and they're like having a moment because like he like at this point my boy Prince Y he is sprung he is he is into her so much like and it's funny because like the the everyone's like teasing him like oh this female painter, you're taking such an interest in her. And he's like, no, it's just her painting. And I'm like, is it just her painting or is it her? He's like, no, 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 it's just her painting. But, like, I kind of like them. I think they're kind of cute. I mean, I know she has this whole fated love story going on with Haram. But, like, he's so annoying because he doing that stupid-ass, like, I love you, but I can't be with you. I need to uh, be by myself. Bullshit. And I'm just like, bitch, okay. fuck that. I'm like, fuck him. He blind anyways. Here's his prince. This man is a prince. Like, he owes. <laughs> if his brother, if his two brothers die, he about to be a king. Why are we wasting our time with this blind man that's like, I love I you, but I can't so be. so upset that what? you're like, this man is blind. This dude is a prince. <laughs> like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, mean, I honestly, you know that he's gonna get some fancy eye surgery or something. Anyway, well, actually, like, no. What's what? Well, what's gonna happen is once you know they defeat Mawai and stuff, she's gonna go back blind, and then he's gonna be able to see. Because remember, uh, remember, yes. like she was born blind, and her eyes are on temporary loan so that she can paint yes. the portrait to capture the spirit. So that's what's going to happen. I mean, don't get me wrong, though. Like, her and Haram, they're very cute. They have chemistry. I like it. I dig it. But I also feel like she should fuck the prince until Haram makes up his mind. <laughs> I just feel like that should happen, personally. <laughs> like, and then the two of them, like, when the two of them were like, the, the prince was like, do you know her? And he's like, yes, I've known her for a long time. Um, Haram's like, yes, I've known her for a long time. He's like, why do you, why does our relationship matter? And then they're just like, they're like squaring off. And I'm like, okay, are y'all, are y'all gonna fuck or what? Like, stop it. Like, just become a threesome and get it over. It. He's like, you are wasting my time. You but know so how many problems, you know how many triangles would be solved if they just turned it into a threesome? They but- really should, because like, it's not like the two of them like the two of them like each other like they're they're friends it's not like they're like mortal enemies or anything too they're friends well at least they were now i don't know now that they're all now that the two of them are in love with old girl and then you know obviously she's still like head over heels for harem and and then the prince is getting so jealous i'm actually hoping that he gets like so jealous to the point where he turns evil because i feel like i would love that honestly 
I think you that know, would make I like things- me. I like me sometimes a dark villain. Right? You know, or anti-hero, you know, with the love interest. Like, I I just think it's hot sometimes. Like, sometimes. Like, I just feel like, I just feel like, I feel like this would be a nice progression to him being, like, you know, him wanting her so badly that he ends up turning evil. Like, I just feel like that would be so cute. But, <laughs> so far, I really, I really am still enjoying it. Like, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I do have one complaint that's not the pause. Um, Han Hyosup, I don't think he's the strongest when it comes to... Honestly, I'm going to be real. Kim Yoo-jun is beating everyone's ass in this show. Like, and she's the youngest one, too. And she, she is she, the whoop, youngest one. She's whooping everybody. But that's because she's, like, a seasoned actress, especially in um, historicals. Historicals, but like, yeah. Like, she's on par with the older people, right? Like, the older ones she's, who've also I been in like, a lot of stuff. And so... Yeah. When I, when I, when he's, like, when the two of them are in scenes, I can see the difference in the level of acting. Mm. And so that kind of bothers me a little bit. Because, like, I hate when he looks directly at her. Like, you're blind. Don't look directly at her. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But, I mean, it's cute. Like it. So then, I watched the most popular netflix show right now that is taken everywhere by storm squid games um so squid games let me read the description yeah it's actually on tracking to be like the most popular netflix drama worldwide oh i mean where's like the description though hold on squid game description Okay, so I'm just going to go with this one. And it says, hundreds of cash-strapped contestants accept an invitation to compete in children's games for a tempting prize, but the stakes are deadly. That's, like, the description that I see here. Um, okay. Honestly, it's okay. Like, I'm going to be real with you. I think it's severely overhyped. Like, 100% hype. It's just, it's just hype. Like, mm-hmm. to me, personally... As someone who's also watched Alice in Borderland, I believe that Alice in Borderland is better. Um, the games aren't that interesting because they're, once again, they're children games. So there's not really, and then for something that's like titled like a suspense survival type drama, there's not much suspense to it because of the, the games like, oh, tug of war. Like, I'm, I'm not suspenseful about tug of war. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We know, we know, we understand how to play it. So, like, winning and losing is not suspenseful. Like, the, way, I would right? say yeah. of all the games, it was, like, the first game, which was Red Light, Green Light, and the fifth game were probably, like, the most suspenseful ones, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, that one actually involved, like, them, like, oh, with the Red Light, Green Light. Which, okay, <laughs> this is my next complaint about how motherfucking stupid these blood clot idiots are. So... Red light, green light starts, right? And then this one, the one person who got caught moving gets like fucking, oh, okay, let me back up. So we have like a kind of ensemble cast, but not really. Because like we're, we're met with Gihan and you know that he's like the star of the show, basically. But he is like an old man. He's like a gambler, not like an old man, but he's like a gambler and he's a chauffeur and his his like daughter lives with the mom who's remarried and he's just like you know old and nasty and crusty and then 
we see our man Gong Yu go up to him and offer him to play the game. And so then he plays the game. And then he decides, you know, he's going to do Squid Game. So then Squid Game in and of itself is like they get a bunch of them and they're like, you're all drowning in death if you make it to the final game. Also, I think these people are stupid. I, I you know, so the show in, of it, in and of itself is just a commentary on pretty much how, like, so, like how socioeconomic issues affect us in the, in the choices we make, right? And how capitalism pretty much puts us in these positions of choose whether we're going to choose life or death, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, for me, it wasn't as thrilling or entertaining because it's like, okay, we've seen this a million and one times. There's like nothing. I was about to say like, isn't like the whole, like, isn't the whole reason people love Rome and gladiators because of the same thing? Like it's right? yeah. literally like Gladiator the movie, the Ridley Scott movie that for some stupid fucking reason they're making a sequel for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole point is that like the people at the top use, they they put these poor mm-hmm. people in these situations mm-hmm. and they make them fight each other to the death for their entertainment. And that's, and that's literally Squid Games. That's literally <laughs> yeah. Squid Games. Yeah. Rich people put these, put the 456 people in a game for them and that's literally what it's they've at the end that's what it was said it was like yeah we have so much money that we were bored and we decided to treat you guys like horses like that's literally it so to me it's just like okay whereas in alice in borderland like it was a post-apocalyptic world and like the aim is you need to win or you're gonna fucking die like which i guess it's the same thing with squid games right but you're not playing for money like you're literally for your life for your life and like in this yes you're playing for your life but like i just feel like personally the stakes were higher because it's like they also had the rule where if everyone agreed if majority agrees then the game would end but then everyone's so strapped for money that they're like we must still play because we need money right so and then the games like i said weren't that interesting so the first game was red light green light and this is my issue that i had so these people are playing red light green light right and or as jamaicans call it one two three red light of course (laughs) but so the first person gets like shot and then they see the second person get shot when they like move after the something says green light um red light or whatever yeah and then all like 500 like uh, at least 200 of them decide that they're just what now and decide to just run and i'm like um sense maybe just a little bit of sense (laughs) like obviously you're gonna fucking die like i don't like yeah like obviously you're shooting people who are moving you are moving i i'm just kind of confused as to right yeah but like like i said that was like the only game like that was one of the games i was like oh my god so intense and then the second one was like the honeycomb game where they had to like get the shape out of the honeycomb and it was so stupid because like people would be like chipping away and then like obviously if you break like into the shape you get killed so they shoot people and then those people started panicking when they hear people get gunshot and then they would break their things and i'm like and they're like i'm like you guys are so annoying and stupid but whatever and then the third game was um tug of war Mm-hmm. So the war was the third game and then the fourth game which and that's what i'm telling you like this show is so predictable because like you when they said oh get into groups of 10 you knew it was going to be a group like one group against another group right you knew yeah. that um when they said get into a group a pair you knew 
someone was going to have to kill someone in that pair. Like, it's yeah. just like you, you knew things. That was episode six. That's the episode that everyone's like was crying over. I didn't care about any of the characters, so I didn't feel any type of way about anything. Like, I literally did not. I didn't shed a tear. I didn't care. Like, I I did like or girl. I liked the girl. But did I like her because I thought the character was cool? Or did I like her just because I like Hyun? Mm, it's probably just because I like Hyun. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Um, and then, like, there's a whole other side story going on. And then the fifth one, the fifth one was cool, too. It was, like, they were, like, I hop on this, like, thing. And there was tapered glass and real and like clear glass, and they can step on like the one glass that will hold them up, and then the tapered glass will they'll fall and die, right? So that one was like interesting because they only had like a like ten minutes to do it or whatever, and you're doing it in order too. So like and then like you know one to whatever, just obviously conveniently three people are left in the end, but and then the last game was obviously the Squid Game. So it was really to me not really it was it's just a hype show like there's not really much to it you know I would give it like I'd probably give it a seven out of ten like because like it's not it's not like I can see why people like it but like to me like Sweet Home was way better and like and I'm not someone who really likes apocalyptic shows but I just I did think that Sweet Home was better um and like Sweet Home made me care about the people. In this one, I was just like, okay, like I just really didn't care. And then I was also kind of annoyed with him because like he won, so like the the guy who won, he won like all the money, and then he didn't touch it for like a year. And I'm like, listen, I'm gonna be honest. After I kill people and people died, and I win like four hundred and fifty billion dollars, I'm gonna use that shit. <laughs> I'm going to use it. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I'm going to use it. Yeah. Like, I'm going to use it. But he didn't use it because he had, like, survivor's guilt. And I'm like, no, just give it. Go ahead and, like, give to the your, like the people that you got close to, right? Like, you yeah. knew that. The the fact that he took him a year to go reach out to um, what's, uh, Sage Book's, like, daughter. Um, Sage Book's um, uh, brother okay. brother and Sangwoo's mother and like stuff like that the fact that it took him a year to do that I'm like I would have done it like right off the bat like because like these people died trying to get the money to do these things so, like I would have made the effort also people who were like oh my god even though Sangwoo was evil I still liked him and I'm like honestly why though like he was it wasn't even like I don't even care that he screwed over people he was just not a good person like the type of person who goes ahead and, like, um, like he was one of those, like, Wall Street embezzlement type guys. And so it didn't matter that he helped out our lead or that they had, like, a brotherhood or that he betrayed people or, like, ended up killing. I didn't even give a fuck. I was just, like, I just didn't like him because I just don't see why I should have liked him in the first place. But, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then we can get two books. Where I'm assuming that you have read like yes, a hundred, a hundred, um, yeah. hundred and two. Okay, I read The Deep by River Solomon. I gave this four stars. It was actually really good. So I don't know if you, you know River Solomon, right? I've heard that name before, but I've never read anything from them. Yeah, they're a really good author. So basically, this book, um, but in short, it's um the story. It tells about um this mermaid yet too 
And it's basically like um, a kind of fantasy telling with mermaids and about how like those women, the pregnant slaves that got sent overboard, mm-hmm. um, how the babies in their stomachs became mermaids. And then each like each each clan gets this one person and they're the historian and they have to like tell the memories basically keep it on so it's like so the book basically explores like generational trauma and like all that different type of stuff in the format of um in the format of like a historical of a um fantasy novel right okay so like you learn about like like the burdens of the past and like how we like how even though you, you relive trauma and it's like it was really good like it was really good I gave it four stars like I really really enjoyed it I it was I got it from the library so I ended up reading it it was also pretty short too and they had like a lot of like good quotes you know so like basically like the historian role was to carry the memory so that the other one Jeru wouldn't have to and then whenever the time comes she shares them with them right okay yeah, so then the remembering is just, like, they had to, like, keep remembering all this stuff. is, And it's like, oh, this pain is real, but it's not hers. And then when she shares that pain with the rest of them, they feel it a little bit. But it's like, how much do we need to remember these traumas? And how much do we really have to keep within us, you know? So it was yeah. really good. It was really good. And then I was feeling a little slummy. Um, and so I had to find something to read. So I read Truth or Dare by Danielle Allen. She's the same one who wrote Sweatpants Season. Um, this one, Truth or Dare, so much better than Sweatpants Season, girl. So much better. <laughs> um, so basically, they're nine best friends from throughout college. And they all meet up. And they... Um, because like they were best friends in college. And they played like Truth or Dare. And then when they played Truth or Dare, they go crazy because you know it's college and then now they've met up nine years later um Simone is like she's like she goes on vacation with her friends because one of the friends is getting married and then she had her best friend Kingston who she talks to all the time and then when she sees him and this is like the first time she's seen him and I think in like a year and this man comes out looking like fucking chocolate and she's like "Ooh, I need a piece of that So then they do like a truth or a dare game on one on the yacht night because it's like a it's like a three day weekend or whatever like a th- four day wedding or whatever and they do a tr- game of truth or dare and then all of a sudden it's like ooh fireworks are sizzling between her and um, Kingston and everyone's like girl we dared you to kiss him not fucking like make out with him flip him over in his face yes yeah and then one of the guys like dares like because like one of the guys had dared her to um what was it rap i think and then she ended up giving him a lap dance and then she's like oh my god i feel his it was really cute i actually really really liked it i gave it four stars it was like really really nice and like it really helped me because i really felt like i was gonna fall into a slum a reading slum but then, like, I read it, and I was, like, smiling. Because, like, I honestly, I really like Simone. She wasn't as annoying as the other one. And, like, being inside of her head wasn't bad either. And then, like, the friend group, like, it was, just, like, it was, like, very, like, a grown, 
black book you know what I'm saying like yeah. you like like it felt very authentic and fu- it was funny and like her and Kingston even though they like they liked each other and they were like doing things and like at the end when they had to like return to their lives or whatever it was it was good I liked it I gave it like four stars I know I keep repeating that but I really liked it and then I read Winter by Audrey Gray an Evermore Academy book. Yeah, okay. So we actually read that together. Um. Well, actually, Nikki read it first. And then that was like, ooh, Nikki's pissed off. Let me read this book too. <laughs> because I know that she would have a rant in her. And I kind of just wanted to be on board for that. To, to understand what was going on. Because we know that, you know, Nikki gets very strong feelings about some of these things, you know? So, um, it's I'm because I kept this. It's because yeah. I kept, I kept messaging that every minute. I'm like, this bitch is so fucking stupid. <laughs> well, I will read the synopsis for this book. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it says, Welcome to Evermore Academy, where the magic is dark, the immortals are beautiful, and being human sucks. In all caps. Okay, guys? So we know it sucks. After spending my entire life avoiding the creatures that murdered my parents, one stupid mistake binds me to them for four years. My penance, becoming a human shadow at the infamous Evermore Academy, finishing school for the silly and unsilly fake courts. All I want is to keep a low profile, but day one, I make an enemy of the most powerful fate in the Academy. The Winter Prince is arrogant, cruel, and apparently also my fake keeper, meaning I'm in it for four months of, I'm in for four, wait, I'm in four months of terror, of torture. That doesn't mm-hmm. even make sense. It's like four years, girl, not months. But well, no, she says, I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't know why she yeah. she meant to, she should have been yeah. years of torture, she, but whatever. She's, she's dumb. We already know this. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> but it only gets worse. Something dark and terrible looms over the academy. Humans are dying. Ancient vendettas are resurfacing. And the courts are more bloodthirsty than ever. What can one mortal girl do in a world full of gorgeous monsters? Fight back with everything I have and try not to fall in love in the process. It says, if you love reading about fated mates, enemies to lovers, snarky heroines, <laughs> really, and everything fate, then one click today and fall into this magical new series that's being called Vampire Academy Meets the Pearl Prince. Okay, so as somebody who has read to, and loves disrespectful to Prince, both of them. Yes, okay. Uh, so it's disrespectful to both the Vampire Academy and the Cruel Prince. Yes. Disrespectful. So Basically, we have because you know what, Jude is not a dumb bitch. (laughs) She does have a dumb, equally dumb name, but she does. She's not a dumb bitch, which is the problem. Which is the problem here with the lead character named Summer Solstice. That's her actual name, people. Like, how fucking stupid is that name? I mean, like her last name is Solstice. Are there people whose last names are Solstice? Like, have you ever heard that in your entire life? Okay. I haven't. Okay. But Listen, anyways. The entire time when they were, like, trying to figure out what the winter, like, the winter prince's name is, I'm like, I don't know. Probably going to be, like, um, winter equinox or something. <laughs> <laughs> so here's this. Okay. So basically, like, a, a short sort of, like, summary of what the story is about. Summer is an orphan. Basically, the Fae, the Unseelie and the Seelie courts have been fighting each other and the Darklings, and their their war has, like, spilled over through their dimension, like, the Fae world into the regular world, and basically, they, like, drop, like, a nuclear bomb, basically, on, like, half of, like, the, of the western part, I think, of, like, North America, and so 
that whole area is like completely uninhabited they call it like the tainted zone or something like that people still Mm -hmm. live there yes and you have these borders where like magic is seeping through and it's changing people into darklings and things like that and basically the rest of the world and the rest of the country are just like uh you know i'm sure they're fine and they lock they basically put up a gate so that everybody in the tainted zone is fucked and so that's where you meet summer her and her fellow orphans live with two aunts who also left lost their families and summer the moron Decides she wants to steal from this tree, knowing that she's on somebody else's property. And so Listen, she steals these apples. As I said, 6% into this book, we should have known. Like, honestly, the entire book could have been summarized 3% in when she said, my motto, better stupid and fed than smart and starving. Should have known. Should have known this bitch yeah. was dumb. So basically, she, like, the... The punishment for stealing these apples is death. But you then- know the worst part is she knew. She looked at it and she was like, "Oh, you know, don't we shouldn't. I shouldn't steal from the fae. Oh, you know, this is very suspicious. Hmm. Still gonna take but them she did though. Anyways. She did it anyway. She didn't care. And she's but like, yeah, oh my so- god, I just thought they were free. No, you <laughs> dumb bitch. You so knew they just- weren't. <laughs> She stole these things and basically it was die or become like a slave for four years. And then after the four years, you can buy your freedom. And basically these four years are start, are, are going to be at Evermore Academy with the Seelies and the Unseelies and all these other like mis- these creatures, whatever. And like, it's funny because like at the beginning, everyone was like, you know, be careful. People die. People die. People die. But only one human died before this. Right. <laughs> so I was kind of confused about that. Well, like, we just oh. haven't gotten to it yet. Remember, there's winter, fall, spring, and yeah, but summer. The, but I'm not reading any of them shits. I can tell you that in much. The synopsis, like it said, like humans are dying at the school, but no, only one human actually died at the school before this. Like it's so weird that they they kind of mm-hmm. hype that up, and it's not even the case. So basically, like the unseely, the seely, and the darklings, they're all like sort of the same race, so they can't really like their weaknesses are all the same. So that's why they use these human shadows human and humans, basically who are shields who protect their phase and you know fight the darklings on their behalf and shit so that's what she's supposed to be and there's this big conspiracy because apparently um the fae who who crave and value power over everything else can't get along oh my god what a shocker and oh they had a pact that was broken wow i mean i would not have seen that coming but anyways it's stupid it was she it's kept re- saying you know what it's so sh- sh- i'm so <laughs> shook that you even remembered that there was a pack <laughs> that was broken or anything because i'm telling you the only thing i remember is that this bitch is dumb this se- the the secret six or some shit like that was supposed to be oh, like yeah. The yeah. oh yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. basically so we find out that like the fae the reason that they're able to live long not only because their biological bodies can live a long time is that like when it's time to like move on they just change bodies yeah. and so they have a soul um, stone they have a soul and so stone. this dumb bitch whatever I'm not gonna she go there. is a reincarnated version of the summer courts princess basically but so there's no subtlety in this book (laughs) like the minute you pick it up chapter one i could tell you that this bitch was gonna be the summer the dead summer princess like i could already tell you that shit like i knew that see this one to you this girl is so fucking annoying like oh i need to be so quiet and not draw attention to myself oh let me call this person that I don't know, who literally could kill me at any given moment, the prince's bitch. Like, oh, you're so fucking annoying. 
every it's like literally every single chance that she had to make a choice to not stand out she chose to stand out and like i get it i get it i get that they're trying to like write her as like a bold and snarky snarky, and like goes against the grain but no she's fucking stupid and annoying that's what she is because it's like yeah like nothing made sense and like even when okay when all that went through like her deciding to go back to save the girl like sis really like what well, oh yeah you're, you're you're brave we get it you're you're brave you're smart you, you can do what it takes to survive we get it like there was just like oh let me keep my head down makes a scene every turn she eavesdropped so many times yes. when the prince and um Eclipse were talking, and she never wants. And mind you, remember, as we've already previously established, she is a boisterous, nosy, loud bitch that can't mind her business. So her eavesdropping, you would think at some point she would just bust in and be like, hey, what's the dealio? But nope. Instead, she's like, I must show the prince that he needs to let humans in oh my god i'm so attracted to him oh my god he was the weirdest part was like she went from like i hate this guy i hate this guy i hate the guy to like let's fuck like please please do me right now right like right now scene when they were like making out she's like we didn't have sex but it almost felt like it was and i'm like are you guys dry humping is that what's going on here like (laughs) it's like it's like no like but for real though because like how does she just con like she just constantly forgets things like she and she says it and that's what pisses me off and i know it's like you know it's a writer's fault as well because like she'll be like oh the so oh his necklace looks like mine and then it just that's it nothing else she doesn't think beyond that that's it that's the end that's as far as her brain extends how are you gonna just order a drink at a fay bar that you've never been to before in your fucking life and just take that drink especially when you're like i must have my guards up like you just you make no sense you're dumb you are dumb. She is actually because like every single thing that happens, she really had the choice not to have it happen the way that it does. Like yes. if she had, like she eventually got in the cage, so she didn't have to make the scene that she made. Right? She, I'm telling but, you, and she, like even even when she like even at the end when like like and this is what I'm telling you, this author is not subtle. Like when she when they told us that the other the twin could like make people believe what they like shift their face to make them believe what like obviously you were told that and you just immediately think you know the prince definitely betrayed me even though he told you his fucking name two minutes ago but no yeah he definitely pretended to love you and screwed you over like and you knew the like she knew what like the power of knowing his name would bring you know like so how why would he tell you his name and then betray you like in that public i'm matter. telling you she not like, smart she don't yeah. and that's my yeah. issue like so even though this book is like thoroughly predictable and cliched it's like very much every single YA you could think of i would be less annoyed if she had any sense but she doesn't she has no sense that's why i gave it one star because she's <laughs> dumb she's so dumb she actually is and like that and then the one star that i gave it was for mac eclipsa and asher and i feel like they should have become a polyamorous relationship honestly they should they were like the highlights like they were literally this bitch would have died if mac hadn't taken pity on her like let's (laughs) honestly real here like she hadn't taken pity on her she would have died like five minutes into this book and like 
I don't know. I just, yeah, it wasn't very interesting. Like, I like the world, obviously, but this, she is just not a believable heroine. And she's not as snarky or fun as people make her out to seem. Nope. Like, as, as they tried to make her in the, the writing of this, film, like, this novel. Yeah. I know him. I feel so familiar. Why do you feel so familiar? Like, oh my God, you're so annoying. Ugh. Yeah, and why, like, why didn't his glamour work on you? Gee, I wonder why. Oh no, he can't be the prince. He talked about himself in third person. Like, bitch, anybody could tell he was a fucking prince. Everyone's, yeah. if everyone is afraid of this man, what's not clicking? And also, I'm just saying, it, is, it makes no sense that there, he was like, oh, I had to move, I had to take her away because people were, okay, so if you had to take her away because people were being suspicious, then why make her go would back? You... Like, like what, what would make them not be suspicious anymore? of her going like would they not still have tracked her like it just but also too you like you thinking that this was like the safest place for her knowing that it only really brought attention to her is just kind of stupid you know at the end of the day because like oh you like there should have been somewhere else that you could have hidden her or you could have just like made her like I don't know one of your slaves or some shit like oh that. Oh my god! Like, listen, it's so weird. That I'm telling. Let me tell you, I'm t- guys. When I tell you this bitch is stupid, this bitch is fucking stupid. She went into the prince's mind. She immediately, when she's in the prince's mind, she's like, "Oh, I'm in someone's mind. Whose mind could it be? I don't yeah. know who this is." Oh, she had here's Inara. <laughs> here's Inara naked in front of me, looking at me with love in her eyes, and he, the prince, aka the prince's mate, which she knows. Oh my god, who whose mind could I be in? I must see his face. Really? How is this bitch pass? How is she at the top of any of her classes? It doesn't that make sense. It doesn't make like sense. Too much of a Mary Sue, because all of a sudden she could fight and she was super smart. Like, I just like her actions did not match her words, to be honest. <clears> when she went when she went to the freaking um when you know when what's his name uh when summer and winter were fighting yeah when they when they were like doing that fight to get her and she goes and then she's like i have the mark i have it right now because i have it highlighted and she was like i shouldn't be here the thought hits me like a sledgehammer once the battle is over whatever the result these woods would be full of fate turned savage by bloodlust like no fucking shit you dumb ass bitch everybody told you to stay the fuck home but also, too, like, she was so weird during that fight. It was like, I don't want to cheer for the prince, but I cheer for the prince. Oh, the prince won, but he played me. What? Like, I just, I remember reading it just like, what? Like, you're Team Rager, and then the prince is almost going to die, and you change your mind. And then the prince wins, and all of a sudden, he's a manipulative bastard again. Like, you are, like, she has to be schizo. She has to have multiple personalities. <laughs> like, none of that made any sense. But anyways, out of five, I would rate it, oh, I would rate it a two because I did like the world. I just, and I like the people around her and the prince, but they just were stupid. It just didn't make sense that you draw attention to somebody that you're trying to hide. It got a one. Yeah. And that's because of the people around her and the prince. Yeah. That's it. And then we both read the Ice Barbarian um, plant. Ice, ice Planet, Planet Barbarians. So the summary is, you think being abducted by aliens would be the worst thing that could happen to me. And you'd be wrong. Because now the aliens are having ship pro- trouble and they've left their cargo of human women, including me, on an ice planet. And the only inhabitant I've met, he's big, he's big, horned, blue, and really, really has a thing for me. <laughs> okay, so... 
Oh my god. This book was oh so god. fucking boring. Oh my god. This book it was, was so boring. Okay, so Georgie is just at home living her meager life as a bank teller, like, but like uh drive-through bank teller. I didn't know that was a thing, but that's what she does. And she wakes up from this dream. Wait, you guys don't have drive-throughs in Canada? We do, but they're automatic. You like they're automated well, and not like people. so we yeah no we have so we have that as well as like okay. a drive up teller so like for people okay. who don't want to like if you don't want to go into the bank you yeah. drive up and like you deposit your money and talk to someone blah 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 and then oh, you know obviously yeah. they leave at yeah so okay. yeah I think yeah I think we did back in the day but they just changed them all to like automated machines and stuff uh, mm-hmm. and there's not really a lot of them especially in the city because people don't drive through them they just kind of park and go but anyways so that's what she does she gets she gets abducted by these aliens um there is a very very graphic ish rape scene at the beginning because of course they're aliens and but even if they're aliens they're still men and men want to rape women that's clearly what we got here. No matter what kind of alien it is, they have humanoid humanoid forms that can rape people. So that's what happened. Uh, and then, so yeah, there's a trigger warning in the book, obviously, like it's very early in the book. And so she becomes the de facto leader somehow, even though she's kind of useless and pointless and whatever. She's like, you know, I'm just a regular person just trying to make my way, I, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> so Georgie, they, they crash land on this planet. Georgie goes out to find people. She gets caught in this trap and her, some guy, some blue dude with horns who kind of looks like a demon, but is it really a demon? Uh, (laughs) He sort of, he, he finds her and he, it's another faded romance novel because his sort of, I can't remember what they call it, like the coup or something like that. They, his coup. Girl, I don't care. I literally forgot everything about that book. It was so boring. Yeah. His coup, like awoken and and basically decided that she was his mate and he sees her sees her broken basically her wrist is like sprained she's all beat up whatever and he decides like the best way to like bring her awake or to see how she's doing is to take her clothes off and put his head between her thighs and just lick and that's basically what she wakes up to and she's like well you know it could be worse and because she (laughs) i guess because she hasn't been laid or human men are kind of boring she quickly decides that being fucked by this dude is like not a bad way to spend the rest of her life and so (laughs) she and then we find out that his his like tribe is all men basically with a few very small amount of women so it's great that they have these women here they conveniently have 20 girls yeah that they can have for these men and they can and they have to and also it's convenient that they have machines that make them understand their languages and also that they're able to get these soul soul bugs whatever these that make the that make them be able to tolerate the climate because without them they are going to die they're going to be poisoned so it's very convenient that the soul that fates so i think one of the books has yeah i think one of the books um has like one of the girls not be i don't know honestly i forget honestly this so, book was so white. Nikki, yeah, that's the thing. Nikki messaged me. She's like, it's funny how they captured 20 women and they were all white. Like, all the white American and one, like, Canadian or some shit like that. And, like, my 
feelings on Georgie is that white women be waiting because she was <laughs> so fucking ungrateful. And just, like, really, like, like, she expected a lot from this dude. And, like, he was lovely. He was a total simp. You know, he just wanted to make her happy. It's fine. But she was just like, I'm cold. Cook this food. Even though, like, there are strange creatures that will probably murder us Honestly, if they can find us. I want honest. you to cook like, all my There was food. something about that book that just felt low-key racist to me. I don't know what it is, but there's something about that this book that just ended it being boring. My theory, as I've told you before, <laughs> is that a lot of white women are tired of the big dick trope being um, pop- populated by black men, and they've decided that they're gonna take it to the next level. And that's also, what we're how does her vagina fit his dick? That's another thing because she was saying like it's so huge. I've never seen like what how like it's gonna break me. And then they had sex, and she was just like, okay, it fit. She wasn't even sore, like no, because they did it like every day, like morning every and day. Night. So there was, but she no was like, but she was like, his dick is like a a rabbit, a, a rabbit. That's what she said. Right. Yeah. Another rabbit vibrator. Stupid, stupid, stupid was like, um, when he was like, Oh, you're gonna be pregnant with my child one day, she's like, What the fuck? Oh my god, I'm late. How first of all, <laughs> how do you know you're late? Like, how do you know this? For everything that's happened, which sounds like it's only happened. But also, why did she think that, oh, because they're a different species, I wouldn't get pregnant? If anything, I would think I would probably get pregnant even quicker because of that. The way they were going at it, I'm not surprised that she got pregnant, to be quite honest with you. So, yeah, the book was really I think they all end up getting pregnant because I think... Of course. I think that the whole point of the girls being abducted was so that they could sell them to people to get pregnant or something like that honestly I mean, well, this book this book just bleeding. made me realize that i just need to fucking write a book because <laughs> anybody well, can get like the fact that this is a bestseller to the point where like she's she's even having like printed copies of this book now like i read one that's on the uh hum- i forget what it's called i think it's like his human nanny or something like that and i thought that one was more interesting than this one I don't yeah. remember that one, but I still think it was more interesting. I mean, okay, so I, our main complaints clearly about this book are that it's, just, it's, it's racist, so boring. It's boring. It's stupid. These dudes clearly have breeding clink, breeding kinks. Sorry, um, because that like as soon as they found out there was other like milking minotaurs like, oh. was way better. I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> it was milking minotaur. Um, what's that one where that girl fucked like five different other species and a ghost? Rook's Grave Manor, way better. Like, this one, like, I was just disappointed because for the way people talked about it, yeah. I thought it was going to be so much more interesting than it was. It was just so boring. It was not worth the hype, for sure. I think I want to actually rate rate it, like, worse than that Winter Evermore book because it was so overhyped and it was so basic. Uh, and I mean, so I gave I'm, it two stars. Yeah. But I gave it two stars only because I didn't hate Georgie, like I despise Summer. <laughs> Summer, you know what the thing is? Summer is a dumb bitch. Yes, like that's definitely there. And it's also Georgie, because I just don't have any feelings towards it. Like I don't. Yeah. Like I, I'm very empathetic towards it. I would honestly say though, like I would take a dumb bitch over a dumb whore. Like I honestly would take that. <laughs> that's personally my opinion because Georgie really. Honestly, as soon as she got that dick in her, she just, like, her brain just wiped. Like, it Which, just and you're valid, right. though. You're yeah, valid. Yeah, really- I gave it two stars <laughs> just because, like, I mean, I don't, like, 
I have no feelings about it. Like I don't yeah. have like a yeah yeah. I would okay. say too that well, at least one thing surprised me in the other book was like that Evelyn thing where she turned into a darkling after she got knocked up by that dude. I was like, you know what? At least there's a surprise here. There was literally really, that no did surprise. not that did not surprise me. Yeah, there's no there's no surprise in this in this barbarian thing because like. When like when she they were in that cave and she found the spaceship and the spaceship was like here is the entire history of this planet let's right? do some language mm-hmm. ins- like instructions I was just like girl because you know how like in Goodreads <laughs> it's like you know one star didn't like it two star it was okay three star is liked it four star really liked it and five stars loved it that's what like the Goodreads names say or whatever mm-hmm. and so like. I mean, it was okay. Like, there's nothing. Like, I have nothing really. I have no strong feelings yeah. about it. So I gave it. I would give it a one. Yeah. Okay. So whereas I have really strong feelings about Winter Evermore Academy. Yeah, I because it, that book was so fucking long and so fucking stupid. And like, I know you like the world building, but like, I've read so much better world building too, where I really don't even think there was any in this book. So for me, it was just like literally only because of Mac. Eclipsa and Asher are the only reason why I gave this book one star. I would give it zero if I could. It was yeah. just such a waste of my time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyways, anyways, so our topic. So we, Nikki did mention and, and you know, give her thoughts on Squid Game. And I think that it's really, we're seeing like a real big shift for Korean entertainment in general um, being becoming a more global force, which is, you know, Lee Suman's desire initially. So great for that. But I I do feel like, and I'm 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 not, I don't think I'm alone with this. I feel like a lot of people who have been watching dramas for a very, very long time and have, you know, seen the decline in quality in these dramas have not really been as impressed with things like Squid Game and Goblin and all the really hyped up dramas that people talk about. Um, well, I mean, I don't. Okay, so yeah. we can't count Goblin because I can't count Goblin just because Goblin literally was so super hyped by people who just got into dramas around that time. Yes, but that's yes. but like I think it's more so because like I wouldn't say Goblin ushered in this wave of oh no 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 it didn't, it didn't. Netflix no 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 it didn't yeah hype but I will say it was crash landing on you. That is, I, 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 that's that's what I'm calling a catalyst for what's happening now. Yeah. Where? So, sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Okay, so yeah, no, I would definitely say that, like, yes. But crash Dante Goblin it was absolutely very overhyped, and I'm afraid yeah. for when that makes it to Netflix because, especially now, especially in this era of, um post not like post covid but like in this covid streaming era because i think it was on netflix but i don't believe that it was like at the time k dramas weren't popular but now with the rise of bts and being at home with nothing to do everyone's watching k dramas but then i'm also wondering like did squid game become popular because like did these people who watched squid game actually watch it with in its native language of korea korean or did they watch it with the english dubs you know yeah there was well there's that question but also too 
like I feel like a lot of people are talking about Squid Game, but they're not talking about the story and what Squid Game was trying to, you know, the commentary, the social commentary, um, which is funny because like I was talking to some people in group chats and stuff like that about Squid Game and what they were talking about is not something that I've seen at all on the timeline. What I've seen on the timeline is basically people thirsting after Gong Yu after his like 20 seconds in this drama <laughs> and, and um, talking about who the real villain was. And then um, also, you know, being thirsty about other people. Like, nobody's really talking about, like, the, the actual, actual social, the meat yeah. and potatoes and the social, what the, what the drama is I mean, in their defense, yes. <laughs> in their defense, mm, it's something we've seen a million and one times. <laughs> yeah, it is. But then, like, what makes this so special? You know, like, why is this I just think it's just... I think it's just because it's a Korean drama, honestly. I think that's what it is. It's like this. Because like I said, to me, I think Alice in Borderland is way better. Yeah. You know? but, but here's the thing. So it's like you have something like Squid Game, which, you know, is on track to be like the most streamed international like show globally, whatever. And it's kind of just like, okay, so you like it. Is that, that going to make you want to watch other dramas? Is that going to make you you know, into K- like a K-pop fan, like what, like, where do you go with something like that? And then like, that's one part of it. But then also too, it's going to be like, we're going to see more of an investment from Netflix into like the Korean market because clearly like it's popular, it's trendy. Korea. I mean, and they've been doing popular. it for a while too yeah. though. Like, yeah. like you yeah, know. No, absolutely. And but like, here's the thing. One class, that shit yes, was like was so huge. popular and it was so boring. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, extracurricular no. didn't get the hype behind that one either. Like, I don't know, and I don't know if it's necessarily that these stories are good and compelling, or if it's just that they're easier to digest than I other. Think easier to digest. One, I think the Korean exceptionalism, like the whole idea of perfection that you see in these dramas, is very appealing and attractive to people. It's like K-pop, you know, like. Yeah, there's some talent. There's talent there. But I mean, really, it's just about attractive people dancing. Like, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, like, that's what it is. And I think that's what dramas have become. Because, like, now they're pumping out so many dramas. And it's like, is the quality actually there? Like, no. hometown cha-cha-cha, for it to be doing as well as it's doing. And I enjoy it. But I don't think it's, like, that great no. drama to be, like, breaking all these records and stuff like that. I mean, I said it, too, previously. Remember I said it where... Yeah, I watched a lot of dramas this year, but like, I of all the dramas I've watched this year, probably like two dramas would stay with me beyond me just watching it this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, take for example, last year. Last year, I watched quite a few. Um, I don't know the exact number. We'll say, let's say I watched about 30 dramas last year. Of the dramas I watched last year, only three really are like stuff that I was like, th- those are my favorite dramas that I watched last year. These are those are dramas that I remember, which was um, It's Okay to Not Be Okay, um, Hot Stove League, and Joy of Life. And everything else that I watched was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I to- I totally understand it, and I mean, I I think we did actually like a mini show for Nyan too, where we rated, we ranked and rated like. Korean versus Thai versus Taiwanese versus China and I'm like listen I, I honestly still think that Taiwanese like Taiwanese dramas are better are like my, oh, my favorite I think Taiwanese dramas are the better of the bunch overall of course. personally but they don't put out the quantity the quantity that these other places are putting out and that's why they're falling behind and that's they what don't put out the quantity yep I agree 
And that's what pisses me off because all these Korean, these sorry, these Taiwanese actors that I follow on on like Instagram, I'm like, bitch, get a job. Why are you not acting? Why are you doing everything else but acting at this point? Well, in Korea, everybody and their mom has a job, has a has a role. Well, Jin you know what's funny? Jin though? Is, I feel like it's all yeah. the pretty people that have oh, jobs absolutely. in Korea, absolutely, and not necessarily like the really good actors. The really and actors. the really talented ones. You know what I'm think, saying. I think they're also like they see the quality of the scripts and they're electing to do like guest spots more than actual like mm-hmm. lead roles. Like, look how many like Gong Yu has done so many guest spots in the last like five to ten years. Like, he's just like, well, you know, I don't really know about the script. When his ass, when his ass, when his ass needs to fucking pull in Yunnan Hai and give us our reunion drama. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But yeah, I don't know. I just kind of feel like. There is like a lot of qua- quantity of Korean dramas that you can watch on Netflix and all these streaming sites. You know, mm-hmm. now you have Vicky and stuff like that. But a lot of them are just not doing anything. I mean, or like I they are for like the first four episodes or for six episodes, and they just like fall apart. And it's like, like the hype is, is not like it's not making sense to me. Outside of people just being like, "Wow, this is different. I need to get it." And also, too, I will say. The fact that fucking Netflix can't even cast a black woman darker than a paper bag <laughs> for anything, basically, at this point, unless unless she's, unless she's like a garbage character, like that's or like a slave, unless she's you know? like a slave or yes. she is not gonna have any love interests. That's the only way you see someone darker than a paper bag in a Netflix yeah. show. But you're like they've already there's pouring millions and billions of dollars into the Asian market. It's kind of suspect to me. Like just personally No, it is. I agree. Personally, it pisses me off cuz I would love I would personally love to see like an international drama. So sort of something like what we're seeing like these romance stories in like movie or 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 television like format with like 10 episodes, but with like an international like western sort of cast. I would love to see that as well. But we're not getting that. It's like you only get the foreign stuff or you get you know, like Bridgerton, <laughs> which, which I, we know what happened. There's another one that's like we know what happened with the dark skinned black women. We just know. So, but that's like Bridgerton's another case of like, are these shows really actually good, or is it just because it's a Netflix show? Yes, it's. I think it's the Netflix hype is definitely what is you know making these things really popular because so. like, like i said squid game was okay but like for me personally i think i would have liked to see this type of hype go towards alice in borderland like i felt like that would have been a better one for this type of hype and then like i don't know i i think uh, maybe people really enjoy squid game right now because it is like you know oh yeah, all these people are trying to get some money because they're all in debt. And like maybe something that they're seeing that they're like, yeah, I can see this happening right now. And that's why they're latching to it. I don't know. Yeah, I did I see a tweet that was like, oh, if some if if a game like Squid Game came around last year, a lot of people would have said yes to doing it, right? Oh, um, absolutely. I, I can definitely but, see that. I'm, yeah. Like I said, to me, it was just like, it was nothing new or revolutionary so to see like all the hype like literally my friends who kill them dead would they've never watched any type of show that was not 
an English show is like obsessed with Squid Game, and I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and like I don't like like you said, I don't know if it's because I've 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 been watching K dramas for over what 12, 13 years now that it's just like okay. But I've also felt like I've had this issue too ever since 2016 where I don't feel like we've had I feel like there are very few dramas that have been like really, really good. Everything else has just been kind of like one of the male drama, you know? Yeah, there's nothing new that they're doing. Um, I think that people's faces get shinier and whiter in every drama that I've seen. Even Sunho. Oh my gosh, Sunho's makeup. I was going to make a comment, but I will. Yeah, but here's the thing. Sunho's makeup in Cha Cha in hometown Cha 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 is horrendous. Like one, there's definitely a difference between his face and his neck. And it all the, it really bothers me because it's just like he looks fine. Like I've seen him without makeup. I've seen him with better makeup. Like I just don't understand why they keep doing this to these very attractive people. Like it literally hurts my soul to see Sunho like that because I love him and I want him to look his best all the time. And then I see him in hometown cha 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 and he's great in it. Like Dushik is fantastic in it. But like he'll be out in the sun and like his face is like two shades whiter than it needs to be and his neck is like his regular skin color and I'm just like girl can we not yeah, so China also does that too they do a yes. lot of lightning um on their like both they both give them like the super light makeup right to wear as a set but then they also give them they also do a lightning cast over the film as well. So like they always just look so ghostly pale. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, and I don't like I, I personally just don't understand how anybody could find that attractive. I mean, like, like what you like, mm-hmm. fine. It's fine. But like your foundation should not be so obvious right like i i don't know maybe i'm into more natural looks and maybe that's why i'm kind of confused by all of this but it's fine uh but yeah i think that is sort of like what we wanted to say about the whole squid game phenom because it is blowing up everywhere and people everyone is talking about it like and everybody seems to have like seems to love it for some weird reason and i mean not some weird reason i get it i get it but like yeah like i I, same i similarly i get why it is hyped and why people enjoy it yeah but but i do for me it was just okay yeah and i mean i probably won't watch it because i'm not like i'm tired of dystopians guys i'm just especially dystopians that are I mean, not but this, real dystopians i was, I was gonna say like, this is not that's yeah. not this is not a dystopia whatsoever girl but, but that's this the thing like they paint these stories as dystopians like the devil judge akmapansa but like they're like right now like this is the world we live in and i'm not like, I'm, this is like this is dead ass we life because the man yeah. literally said and i will say that was the so like while watching Squid game even though i found pretty much everything thoroughly predictable i will say that that was one thing that did surprise me was the fact that it was the old man the whole time well at least for this round it was the old man like i didn't i actually genuinely did not see that coming i didn't see him being one of the rich people that was bored and decided for his own fun that he was going to join the game himself as well <laughs> So that was something that I was like, oh, okay, that was a good twist. But other than that, I was like, okay, knew this was gonna happen. I, you know, honestly, gonna happen. like 
that like the, I think that there would have been so much more relevant and chilling if they had literally just been less vague I guess about like the social commentary because the fact that like there was I was I saw a tweet today and it was like well, there's one billionaire in 2019, but they are now like 10 or 15 billionaires in America alone since COVID started. Like, I feel like that would have been really good if they actually said what they were criticizing. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's one of those things that I really hate about a lot of these dystopian things is like people don't outright say like, hello, this is the world you live in. They're like, watch it. It's not your life. It's just sort of like it. If you see something, some commonalities, that's okay. Yeah, because he was but... trying to like say that, like, you know, do we really trust people to be kind and, like, help people out? And then he was like, you know, we just got bored. Like, we had money. When you have money, when you, what do you say? When you have money and when you don't have money, it's the same thing. Because, like, when you don't have money, you worry about where your next meal is coming from and blah 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 when you have money you don't worry about things and you're bored and i'm like okay sorry i cannot relate i would love to relate <laughs> give me your money if you're that bored right and that's the thing they won't they'd rather like you starve and just to stay bored you know like right? it's crazy it's crazy um eat the rich guys like seriously uh but anyway <laughs> but anyways uh yeah that is us for soju chronicles this episode um there was a lot of bitching i'll be honest but we also <laughs> really like things like we like for once the manga section was like pretty pretty full of pretty much full of love i think you know i think the book was where all the hatred and bitterness came and it was from mostly me. from you i was about to say mostly from you so, i'm yes. sorry but summer solstice is the dumbest bitch i've read this year like <laughs> and that do you know how much of a feature you have to be to be the dumbest bitch i've read this year i've read <laughs> according to goodreads i've read 72 books this year so you must know this bitch is extra stupid yes i mean her name is summer solstice so anyways summer solstice. <laughs> name is summer solstice you know what? i thought like, now was kindle, a dumb name but summer solstice and now and it, yeah. kindle keeps like recommending it was like since you read book one now reads uh what spring i'm like no stop how do i hit not interested on this shit don't recommend me this like no and like don't recommend me anything from this author either don't want to read it yikes <laughs> but anyways guys thanks for you know the time today is international <laughs> podcast day uh, oh my so- butt I mean, yes. it's International Podcast Day on the day that we're recording. We are recording. That is true. So, you know, Kia, thank you for spending the time with us and our crazy asses, mostly hers. And thank you. <laughs> yes, Jimmy. You know what? I'm, I'm out. <laughs> and you can find us on Twitter at Soju Chronicles. You can email us at Soju Chronicles at gmail.com. That's specifically also kind of going out to anybody, any of these brewing companies who make alcohol. You know, we would definitely rock cocktails. Yeah. I want a sponsorship. Yes. Yeah, so we're just throwing that out there as well. And yeah, thanks. Oh my guys. God, I just had a really fun idea. Sure. Okay. Not right now. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was something you were sharing. But, anyways, I am Nat. And I'm Nikki. Yeah, and we are Social Chronicles. Bye. Bye.